Welcome back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Mark from Rams up here. This is our Rams rehash episode. We've had a night to sleep on it. Additional thoughts on the Rams win over the Cardinals 26-9 at SoFi Stadium. And we'll also share some other news and notes. Last night's podcast, by the way, was one of my most challenging on the road, basically recording in a spare room with a toddler on the premises. Probably not my best effort. If you didn't notice, then forget I mentioned it. And if you did, that's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. But what a game. Still soaking in that great second half performance by Kyron Williams. And then we hear that he's dinged up and probably going to miss the Steeler game. So we can still celebrate this win, but kind of a bummer. We are going to probably miss him next week. And on top of that, Ronnie Rivers is back up, who has looked okay when he's had his chances. He is definitely out, probably up to four weeks. So that leaves the Rams with Zach Evans and Royce Freeman. We'll get into how the Rams might address that in a moment. But but wait, there's more. Darion Kendrick was arrested early Sunday morning, pulled over for a traffic violation, and arrested on a felony charge of carrying a concealed weapon. As of Monday afternoon, Kendrick still in police custody. This is not good. He had similar issues with Clemson, and that was one of the reasons he moved on to Georgia. The Rams' starting cornerback Remains to be seen if he's going to be available or if he should be available. The Rams have such a great culture. This is not going to sit well with Rams leadership. It's not going to sit well with his teammates, I'm sure. Rams have some other options there. Trey Tomlinson, Duke Shelley has played really well. But Darion Kendrick, his time with the Rams at risk. Now, I may be overreacting. I don't know how the league's going to feel about it. I don't know how... Raheem Morris and Sean McVay are going to respond to this, but not a good situation for Darion Kendrick right now. Back to this game. Just looking back at this game one more time, I cannot overstate how impressed I was with this Rams offensive line and wide receivers and tight ends in the blocking department and how Kyron Williams took advantage of it. And once again, shout out to Sean McVay for finally turning to the run, turning to this offensive line and pounding the opposition. And it was additionally sweet that it was in the second half. We were actually down by three and McVay sucked it up, said, I got to lean on the run game. And that's what we did. And that's what plenty of people have been saying he needs to do. And he finally did it and it worked. And this Kevin Dotson trade has been a big part of it. Him and Havenstein have been grading out really well. Now, I'm not sure how much weight we put on pro football focus, but the past three weeks, Dotson, the fifth highest graded offensive lineman, 
and Havenstein, the seventh highest graded. So between those two getting it done and Coleman, Shelton, Steve Avila, and Elyric Jackson also playing very well. Week six grades on these guys in the pass blocking department. Jackson, Avila, Shelton, Dotson, and Havenstein left to right. 75 point eight, 69.2, 77.4, 73.8, and 74.9. Run blocking, Dotson and Havenstein, 83.7 and 84.1. They allowed 10 total pressures. And Dotson was the second highest graded offensive lineman in the NFL for the week. And they still have Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen as backups. And people saying we should trade Noteboom. Pump the brakes on that, please. We need this depth. Noteboom might be one of the best backup swing tackle guards in the league right now. Let's keep him around, is what I say. Some other pro football focus grades. Stafford, 90.0. Byron Young, 87.3. Cup, 87. Aaron Donald, 85.2. Kyron Williams, 84.8. Just a lot of high numbers here. Ernest Jones, Kobe Durant, Jordan Fuller, Kobe Turner, Jonah Williams, and Michael Hoyt, all north of 70. So good showing by a bunch of guys. Got to point out, though, that this Arizona team was a little bit depleted, but hey, the Rams took advantage. Snap counts of note, Davis Allen, four snaps, Ben Skaronic, three snaps. And the reason I bring that up is Sean McVay applauded both those guys for their contribution to the run game. Seven snaps between them, but they must have made an impact. At least that's how our head coach felt. Bryson Hopkins, only one snap. Has Davis Allen leapfrogged him? Certainly not getting a lot of targets. Our tight ends aren't getting a lot of targets, period, to be quite honest. On the defensive side, the Rams emptied their bench late in the game. So Trey Tomlinson, Duke Shelley, Ernest Brown, and John Johnson, Jake Hummel all got snaps. But with Bobby Brown out and Laurel Murchison inactive, I'm still confused about that. The two guys pulled up from the practice squad, Durden and Copeland, both ended up with 11 snaps apiece. So they did contribute. Not sure how they played. I'll have to dig a little deeper on that. And in my Rams recap yesterday, one thing I usually do that I skipped is handing out the lemons, which players did not play well. And I really couldn't pinpoint anybody, although I do think Puka Nakua and Tyler Higby should have both hung on to those balls. Higby's catch was a little bit tougher, but Nakua definitely should have held on to that one. I'm not going to bang on the rookie Puka Nakua, though. We'll let you slide on the one drop, although it could have been very costly. Really rolling with those three wide receivers quite a bit. Cup out there for 100% of the snaps. Nakua missed two snaps, and Atwell missed seven snaps. And that's where you see Scott Ronick's number go up, and maybe the second tight end as well, Davis Allen, coming out there with Tyler Higby. Higby missed just three snaps. I'll have to go back and look and see how they're using these tight ends, if they ever had any two tight end sets. I know Allen wasn't out there just for garbage time. I saw him earlier in the game. So the details on Kyron Williams, an ankle sprain that will probably knock him out against the Steelers. Ronnie Rivers, a grade three PCL sprain. He'll be out four to five weeks, which likely means IR. So what do the Rams do with that running back position? Are they ready to roll with Zach Evans? They're just getting this running game going. And the Steelers 
We'll get into the preview of that game later this week. We'll likely have a crossover as well. But this is a team you're going to have to mix it up a little bit, right? They get after the quarterback very well with T.J. Watt. You're going to have to run the ball a little bit. Is it Zach Evans' time? Are they going to roll with Royce Freeman, who's been on the practice squad? Are they going to pick someone up? Who's available? Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones, Rex Burkhead, who I've always liked, David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, and former Ram Malcolm Brown. I'm not excited about that option. If they're going to pick someone up, I don't think it would be as a backup, someone that they're going to actually get involved in the offense next week against the Steelers. And that's why Kenyon Drake and, man, Rex Burkett have always liked him. I'm not sure if he fits this offense well. I'll have to ask Paul Wallia and Ian Martinez how they feel about that. And then there's Leonard Fournette. Could be an option as well. And, hey, how about Cam Akers? Can we trade? Can we get Cam Akers back? Probably not. Uh, I'm joking. I don't know if I'd want him back. I think he had one carry this past week for the Vikings. So big win for the Rams. You know, that would have been an exceptionally painful game to lose. Maybe it would have been less painful given the fact that all these other NFC teams lost, the Seahawks especially. But still, it was very important that we take advantage of this opportunity, get a win while a bunch of other NFC teams are taking losses Rams are back in the thick of it playoff-wise. And we'll have to throw in a path to the playoff segment pretty soon, perhaps later this week. Bounce around on a couple of other things. Did you hear Jason Kelsey talking about Aaron Donald after the game last week? Eagles had a pretty good game plan, and Aaron Donald had a quiet game. But that was due to the Eagles' game plan, and Kelsey pointing out, hey, Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player ever And yeah, our entire game plan is focused on him. So when Aaron Donald has a quiet game statistically, there's a good reason for it. And you know, I'll give myself a pat on the back when I deserve it, but I'll also call myself out when I get something wrong. And last week I did my little bit on the fearsome four things I got right and the fearsome four things I got wrong. And one of the things I said I got wrong was Jake Moody. Prior to the season started, I called that out as the biggest issue for the 49ers. Well, that in their offensive line, maybe. Jake Moody is a big concern for me. Is he going to be able to make clutch kicks? Or is he just going to be a plain, ordinary kicker? Certainly not worthy of a third-round pick. And last week, I said, you know what? I was wrong. Jake Moody hadn't missed a kick. And he looked really solid. And then... He invites his extended family to this game in Ohio against the Cleveland Browns, and he pushes the game winner wide right, and the 49ers lose. So maybe I was wrong saying that I was wrong, meaning I was right all along. Well, that still remains to be seen. Long season, but but that's got a concern 49er fans if Jake Moody is lining up for a game winner in a critical situation. And that's bound to happen. 49ers are going to face that situation at some point, probably in the playoffs. And I'm going to have to give some serious thought to who the number one team in the league is. I was going to keep the 49ers there. Hey, they went on the road with a couple of guys banged up and still would have beaten a pretty good football team, except for a kick pushed right at the end. 
The thing that concerns me about the 49ers is, you know, I thought they were going to manage Christian McCaffrey's touches, his snap counts. And that's why I was told by a little birdie, you might want to avoid him in fantasy football, at least draft him a little bit later than a lot of people were expected to see him go. And that made sense. Guy has a long injury history, has a really hard time getting to a full season healthy. Yeah, so manage his touches, spread the ball around a little bit, get your backup running back going. And that is not what the 49ers have been doing. They've been going to him constantly. I don't have the percentages in front of me, but he is getting mucho touches. And that is not a good recipe for long-term success for the San Francisco 49ers. And there you have it. He missed the end of that game against the Browns. Then I was thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I should give the Eagles a pass. Similar situation. They went on the road and played a really, really good defense and did not play well, especially their quarterback. And then there's the Miami Dolphins lighting it up. Crazy good offense. By the way, Miami finished with 424 yards in Sunday's win. If they had gotten eight more yards, they would have joined the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams 2000 edition, as the only teams with 3,000 yards of offense through six games. So the 72 Dolphins can pop the champagne and the greatest show on turf can as well, I guess. But my concern with the Dolphins is, are they as well-rounded as some of these other teams? How are they going to play if they have to go to Buffalo in January in a playoff game? Baltimore in January... Cleveland, Cincinnati, teams like that outside in the cold. Dolphins better make sure they get home field advantage or they could be in trouble. Hey, I love the Dolphins. I think they are so much fun to watch. A lot of respect for them. I'm just pointing out some factors which would keep me from ranking them as the number one team. And then my special assistant said, hey, what about the Detroit Lions? They are perhaps the most complete team in the league, playing so well on both sides of the ball. They lose their top two running backs, and they chew up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by this quarterback, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yes, Jared Goff. Over Goff's last 17 games, 391 completions, completing 67.6% of his passes, over 4,400 yards passing, 29 TDs, four interceptions, and the Lions are 13-4 and four in those games. I'm going to have to give it some thought. It's going to be one of those four teams as my number one team. I don't think I'm ready to put the Chiefs back up there. Chiefs could leapfrog one of these teams, but not all four of them, that's for sure. The 49ers, Eagles, Lions, or Dolphins, one of them is going to be my number one team couple more interesting Ram stats. Their defense generated pressure on 23 of 46 dropbacks in this Cardinal game. 50%, that's their highest pressure rate this season. And Cooper Cup has tied Henry Ellard for the third most games with 125 plus receiving yards and at least one receiving touchdown. In Rams history, he has 11 such games. Cup only trails Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce, who both had 17 each. I have a feeling Cup is going to pass them both. Hey, we'll be doing some deep dives into this Rams-Steeler game, but here's just a quick look ahead. 
an overview of what the Steelers have done so far this year. Three and two, they have been hammered by the Texans and 49ers in their two losses. They are actually negative on the point differential side, even though being over 500 in the win-loss column. On offense, they're the third worst team in the league as far as yards per game, sixth worst passing the ball, fifth worst moving the ball on the ground. And on defense, they are the third worst overall, giving up over 389 yards per game, pass defense, eighth worst, run defense, fourth worst. This is all yards per game. They are plus five in the takeaway column. So that's a key right there. They've struggled on offense and defense, but they have taken the ball away. They also have 17 sacks in five games. For comparison, the Rams have 10 in six games. A lot more coming at you about this game over the next few days. And hey, one real quick sports pet peeve, and I may have covered this before. And if I have, I apologize. Sometimes I have these pet peeves spinning in my head for weeks and I forget if I've actually touched on it during a pod, but do we have to show the Santa Monica Pier every time there's a game at SoFi Stadium? Maybe once in a while they give us a shot of the Hollywood sign. Is that really all you got? Saw it again during this Cowboy Charger game. I know it's beautiful out there, but let's mix it up a little bit, shall we? That's all I'm going to say about that. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.